What's that? Oh, that's just in my future. I was like, do you really need 10 Chong beer towers? We're going to have a party one day. Hey, you know what? Hey, 10. Hey, it's Friday, right? It's Friday, right? You ready to go, Wilson? I'm ready to go. Sweet, dude. Welcome back to a Friday. Welcome back to Friday. Recorded last on a Monday. We did. Did it? Was it? Yes. Yeah, all right. It was a Monday. Welcome, world. That was so weird. You can say you can say what's up to the world, Wilson. Hey, young world. There you go. Right there. Hey, AC's still going in the world. background. Got Jake. This is uh, me talking. I introduced myself this time, kind of. Always as awkwardly as possible. Very awkward. You know, Wilson, you're going to have to start introducing me sometime. This is Jake. Thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> awesome. It is a Friday ride day because we have a lot of rye sitting on our table we and do. a special guest with us because all guests are special. And just like this, everybody's special in their unique snowflake kind of way. Very cool. Very We're here true. to talk about um, is LeBron James a good father or not? Oh, you ready for that, Brett? I can. Yeah. Right. <laughs> sure. That uh, assembling voice of what, what are we talking about? I threw him off guard just a little bit. That's Brett from Sagamore. He is here to join us on the show today. Welcome, Welcome Brett. Brett. Thank you. Happy Friday, Friday. Happy Absolutely. Friday, sir. Yeah, we, uh, we're here to talk about is Le- should LeBron James be doing uh, dunks in the dunk line at his kids' AAU basketball game? It's a big, uh, big topic of the week, Wilson. Is it really? Yeah. Oh. Where you been? I thought he just did the Taco Tuesday shout out thing. That's the last thing I saw, but I, right? I, I, ESPN oh, well, I was on with wait, no was sound on yesterday. Like people were like actually asking if that's racist or something. Is it Taco Tuesday's racist? Well, people oh, I were, thought it was just because Anthony Davis was there. It was <laughs> <laughs> no, not the racist part. That's why it got covered because Anthony Davis was sitting <laughs> on his house. No, Barstool put a, a thought like, "Hey, is this racist? Because is it put cultural appropriation if a black man is putting out Taco Tuesday?" <laughs> <laughs> That's Only why, barstool. That's why you love those guys, Only right? Only barstool. <laughs> yeah. That's hilarious. Yeah, Welcome, so, Brett. Thank yeah. you. Appreciate yeah. it. Glad to be here. My man made the trek all the way down 90 today. All the way down 90 yeah, on Lollapalooza, Cubs Sweet game. Anything close, else yeah. happening in, the, in Chicago today? Sagamore tasting, Star Wars tasting. There we go, yeah. Yes. Like, so. Union Big. horse staying in the stable this afternoon. Thank you, Jesus, for the first time. <laughs> yeah, when's the last Friday you head off? Uh, spring. Spring. Early spring. Nice. Yeah. Yeah, it never feels right when it's like, mm-hmm. wait, I don't have, why am I yeah. not? Why yeah. am I somewhere not from somewhere? If, yeah, exactly. It's like you're not yeah. working on a Friday or Saturday. It's like, is it all right? Is the world going to blow yeah. up? Yeah, next Friday, I'm like, why? why? It makes yeah. no sense. And I remember the White Sox are doing a 2 o'clock game with Feel the Dreams afterwards. Oh, oh that's cool. Right. Pretty, that's they, pretty cool. they keep beer sales open through the movie. That's yeah. You know what? I, two I, start. I wondered that. That's yeah, pretty cool. Otherwise, it's not as cool. No, it's not as cool. But if you can... You know, sit and have some beers and watch Feel the Dreams, which is the only movie I, I cry at. So For sure. Uh, but oh, that's why I have man. no tasting, because I was kind of like, why? It's a Friday, and I'm in town. Yeah. If I'm not on a flight, why am I not at a Benny's or somewhere? Yeah. Right? yeah. Why that, am I not somewhere? It just clicked to me today. I was like, oh, that's where I got to be. <laughs> so I'll, I got to be at... I'll uh, be at Benny's next Friday. <laughs> you will be at Benny's next Friday? Uh, Marshy Street, I believe. Oh, yeah. No. yeah. I think I'm at Clark. Ivanhoe Castle, whatever uh, they call it. There we go. The castle. The My castle. neighborhood. Yeah, yeah, right down the street from me. Right down the street. Yeah. Maybe we'll catch up after. Either that or I don't know. I Who knows? Remember. Stop talking about your tastings. This is <laughs> not good radio. It's not, not good week. radio. It's not the week of, so you know, I'm just you know. Yeah, you focus on that first of all. I will. Well, Brett is here to teach us all about Maryland rye. Maryland yeah. rye. If, if that's all right with you, sure. Wilson doesn't know anything about Maryland rye. No. No, what? I mean I, I know. Joking. I mean I know the product. I'm a, I'm a I'm a fan of the port finished product. Yeah. Um, but there is the knowledge aspect of 
Maryland ride that I do not know. So I'm really interested in, in learning that. Too. A long tradition of our history when it comes to making true. whiskey in this yeah, world. True. I mean, or I this country. What, George Washington or Thomas Jefferson, one of the two. Washington was one of the biggest producers yeah. back in Mount Vernon. I think in uh, 1790, he was making 10,000 gallons or something like that. He yeah. was 10,000 gallons, yeah. man. But the Maryland, the Maryland piece goes back. We have proof of it in the 1700s. Some yeah. might argue the 1600s. Wow. But for the most part, you know, we drink rum and beer and things like that in this yeah. country. And the 1750s, 1770s, you get big Scottish and, and Irish immigration mm-hmm. um, waves. And cool. then at the same time, you know, we're about to go to war with, with the people importing the sugar king and the molasses. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, but wheat, corn, things like that were too valuable. You could do too many other things with it that... Um, you couldn't really distill it, but then you had this, these, these Europeans over here, and they wanted things closer to what they had at home. Rye had is it a, a small yield, a tough grain yeah. to work with, mm-hmm. so they decided, hey, we can distill this. Um, before you know it, uh, rye becomes one of the most expensive grains <laughs> because there's a distillery on every corner. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Pennsylvania, Maryland kind of leading the way, or Pennsylvania, New York leading the way, and then Maryland coming in about third, one of the leading producers wow. um, of rye, um, which was the first kind of you know whiskey being made in the country. And mm-hmm. that Maryland style has often been debated, what is it? And, mm-hmm. and, and there's a lot of different beliefs on what it was, but generally pretty much accepted that it was always known for high quality and being a little sweeter more approachable. Yeah. Interesting. Um, some people got there through methods that we, you know they probably don't want to repeat. It seemed like a lot of the best ones use corn, and that's that's what we're trying to bring back is that softer, sweeter, more approachable rye. Exactly. Gotcha. Using a heavy amount of corn in one of our mash bills. Yeah, oh, it's nice. kind of crazy. Like when the settlers first came, it was rye and barley being used out on the east coast, and it wasn't until that transition of moving more west where the corn became more of a. A used product, obviously, was cheaper um, yep. a little bit there. You get more of a yield, which you talked about a lot, which still distillers to today like have to deal with. Where I know always back in the day with Mike and those mm-hmm. guys, it was always about like the rye day. It's the hardest day to work with because the grain. It's grain a little is bit a tough grain. Yeah, definitely is. But um, yeah, before that, what were you doing before Sagamore? For me, yeah. um, what wasn't I doing? Uh, I mean, <laughs> immediately before I was with Wyoming. Yeah. Um, but I'm about 20 years in now. Wow. And uh, started at the distributor level, a great little company called Union Beverage which um, is no longer with us, but uh, was down in the old Campbell Soup Factory. Oh, really? Um, at 35th and uh, oh, Stevenson. Stevenson. Uh-huh. So you yeah. can kind of see it. It's a brick building. Yeah. It's in white. <clears throat> it's a really cool, just a small you know, family, part of the National Wine and Spirits, yeah. but a family sort of run run business. A lot of guys are still in, in the industry, and That's a cool. lot of them over at Breakthrough or Southern now. Nice. Gotcha. Um, but kind of new. You know, I worked in baseball for a long time, mm. and, and for, for Various reasons, I, I took a sidebar into this and kind of knew once I understood the industry that, you know what, I want. if I'm not going to be in baseball, I want something that I can travel. Yeah. Um, and I'm a higher energy, passionate guy, and, and it'd be tough where you're working a store, a relationship, and you know, I was in the chains, and hey, you're going to buy 100 Vendage at the end of the month, right? Like, yeah. we got this going, right? I'm getting 10 bucks a case. You got room. We're working on it. And then you'd get the call, like, hey, house is in on the Vendage number. Sell them 100 you need. It'd just be like, wait, what? Like, that's not even the same yeah. category. I mean, it's wine, but... Yeah. Um, and it was hard to have, for me, to have so many wide varieties and come, or just a big book yeah. and come off genuine and, and, and play to my strengths of relationships and passion. So I kind of knew I either wanted to be a brand manager mm. or switch to the supplier side. And uh, I think in 05, I got an opportunity with Don and Sons. Cool. What were um, you doing in baseball? Oh, man. Uh, yeah, we're finally. No soccer we can, talk. We're we can talk sports. <laughs> yeah, we've been talking sports in this uh, podcast in a while. Well, God. soccer starts next week, by the yeah, way. Yeah, I was listening Pre- to that one. Premier League starts next Jesus. week. Jesus. Back, baby. Stop. Hey, you get to hang out at bars at 9 a.m. It's your life. All right, I'm in. <laughs> that, that is the one. I'm in. When I sold Sean. I'm happy now. I got into Everton because you could be out at, you know, 7 in the morning. <laughs> there like, we go. No one looked at I, I knew funny. I liked this guy <laughs> for a reason. <laughs> hey, I'll go to A.J. Hudson's at like 7 a.m. on a Saturday. Oh, like, yeah. What are you doing? Like, it fun? It's work. I swear it's yeah, work. It's I got to go give up We're these John Yeah, you, you have whiskey there, don't you, though? 
Uh, I don't. I'm not, I don't think. I, I don't oh, think I'm in that AJ's now. Oh. I was, but okay, I don't know. Maybe if it's like I saw. Yeah, I haven't been in about a month or so. But we've maybe. had some pretty good pods placements, and I'm not sure yeah. what is sticks. So yeah, there could sure. be a bottle there. There probably but, is. Um, I, you know, I knew I, I kind of wanted to be a minor league GM, not into the the uh, payroll and player side, more of like, hey, you win a year supply of milk, but hand you a cow, or mm-hmm. like, gotcha. you've won ten thousand dollars, but it's all in pennies. And yeah. <laughs> who makes the biggest sub in town and have them? run up and down your section, you know, you're all worried mail's yeah. going to fall on you and <laughs> right. someone drops a sub in your lap 10 seats wide, like, yeah. figure it out. Guess what? Uh-huh. It's yours. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I was just at uh, the Whitecaps in, in Grand Rapids. They, they were doing a really good job. So long story short, I grew up in Schaumburg. I wrote mm-hmm. the letter to the GM at, at 15 and I was like, hey, this is what I want to do for my life for sure. And he's yeah. like, all right, come on out. Wow. Are you for real? I'm like, for real. Like, I'll quit lifeguarding. I was on the swim team, water polo player. Like, that's I'm awesome. out. My yeah. parents were, were kind enough to drive me 45 minutes each way. Wow, that's nice. Oh, that's spent awesome. every morning picking up cigarette butts and peanut shells in the grassy yep. knolls with two 75, 70-year-old Hispanic guys. That yeah. Thankfully, I was in AP Spanish, so I could converse a little bit, but there you go. couldn't get a, much past yeah. <laughs> just small talk. AP Spanish. AP Spanish. Like and then, uh, then he threw me in with the college interns. And, I mean, we would load the concession stands, stack kegs three or four high. Sweet. I'd stand next to a guy pouring beer on the deck, selling, <laughs> you know, pouring soda for yeah. a private party. I was the mascot. I, I mean, you did it three all. years of the Cougars, I, I did everything from food and beverage to um, to yeah, whatever was needed. And then I moved to the Schomburg Flyers. Nice. I was going to say the uh, Flyers. Yeah, yeah, I became an independent club, and I started working there before they even started. And I left my last year there. I was kind of in charge of all on-field promotions, mm-hmm. all giveaways. But in that, you know, you show up at 5 a.m. to pull tarp, yeah. and then you'd lay down, take a nap in the dugout, then you'd stuff programs, then go put squishy balls by all the entrances, you know, and, and just kind of do whatever needed to be done. Yeah, um, very so, cool. That's awesome. We have but, uh, a very similar That's a upbringing. minor league system uh, of really? becoming yeah, a, a yeah. GM in a sense. Definitely. Yeah, my brother and I were first, like, jobs, if you call it that. My dad was a high school principal, and so we go to the stadiums, like, after uh, games in the summertime the next morning and pick up trash around, like, the soccer stadium, the baseball stadium, <laughs> and all that stuff. Shout out to Bruce. Shout out to Bruce. And then um, the I grew up in Iowa, and the uh, baseball state tournament was always in our hometown because oh, we had the cool. nicest field. So we were the ball boys for the whole tournament for the whole oh, week. Fun. Yeah, so we'd get there at, like, 8 o'clock in the morning and be That's there till awesome. midnight and, like, make games out of like chasing foul balls and stuff like that like on the field too as is actually happening during a state <laughs> tournament game to like try to race to see who can get there yeah. first sure. yeah we got, awesome. we got paid uh, $40 a day so about, cool. about $4 an hour yeah. so I, <laughs> less I used to get paid $10 a game yeah. to ump little league yeah. games and whatnot yeah. Yeah, it's awesome. child labor laws. Child, I remember, yeah. I remember like oh one year God. I asked for like a raise, like you can have more hot dogs. Because <laughs> <Yeah, right? laughs> it's always free, free pop, free hot dogs, but we only got one brat a day. <laughs> <laughs> couldn't, couldn't get two spent. Iowa like couldn't that. like squander one more. Extra, no more, you know? no more brats out there in Iowa. No, it's funny you mentioned that and like the whole field of dreams concept too. Yeah. You grew up only about an hour and a half from there. So uh, yeah. yeah, I'm gonna try to get there this summer. Nice. I got a nine yeah. and six year old that I think oh, my nine year. Cool. I went cool. as a kid. Yeah. My brother just took his kids recently. I think. That's cool. Be a fun way to spend a day. Yeah, Mo- that would be. Moonlight Graham. So you went to Shom- uh, Sh- Sh- I'm sorry, I almost called it Shompton, which is how we call it. <laughs> out of Anytime we had Schomburg folk coming into the city, we always called them Shomptons. Sure. From Shompton. So you were a Saxon, if I remember? No, that. I drove by it? there every day to yeah, go to Hoffman. So, oh, you went to uh, Hoffman Estates? I went to Hoffman Estates, yeah. Oh, so you're a Viking. So, uh, Hawk. No, Hawk, sorry. Fremd, Fremd is a Viking. Oh, Fremd is a Viking. Wilson, you're uh, I'm off. The school mascots are getting a little getting off, slow yeah, now. Yeah, dude, I'm off. Midwest League or North, whatever that league was called. Yeah, Mid-Suburban or Mid-Suburban, something like that. Mid-Suburban, that's what yeah. it was, yeah. Mid-Suburban League. Yep. 
Sounds so, great. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so I grew up there, and, and um, you know, I just kind of always knew I never wanted an office gig. Yeah. And the most right. I've ever had was a cubicle at the distributor when I was a DM. Yeah. And I was there for half a day Thursday and, and maybe a little over half a day on Friday. And cool. Outside of that, <laughs> it's always been just a, hustling. My, ho- my house, my car, my hotel, or my airplane. You <laughs> nice. know, it's never, never had a, anywhere else to uh, report to. Did you have a passion for any whiskey or spirits before that you got into it? Or is um, this more of like the movement of the, of the job? You know, it was one of those. I, so I, the reason I got out of baseball was I lost my dad suddenly mm. going into uh, my senior, halfway through my senior year of college. Oh, so we'd gone dude, to the job fair and, oh, thanks. But we had it figured out, like, hey, I'm going to go to Dallas. We're going to get a job, you know, next year. And yeah. there we go. So it was one of those things that's like, I think subconsciously part of me just wanted to get away. Yeah. And then I had an uncle that worked for, at the time, Sam Adams, but before that, a distributor in Colorado. And mm. it was one of those, you know, I kind of went to college as a, as a fallback. You know, I was a really mm. good student. Um, I grew, I was born in U of I, I lived there till I was like six, <laughs> always a huge Illini fan. So it was one of those, yeah. like, I'm going to go to school. Like I can still do the baseball thing and yeah. Yeah. I don't, I could go do it full time, but I'll just go to school just in case. Yeah. Um, not thinking I'd cash it in. So anyways, end up at the career fair in the business school, really good school. And you know, yeah. at U of I, yeah, yeah. yeah. School. yeah. all my buddies, school is, uh, do you know, we call U of I in Iowa. Kinnick East. Oh, shit. <laughs> you know, I heard all the Iowa stuff and stuff coming in. I was just going to leave it be. But, no, uh, you know what, Brett? Come blazing, bro. We're gearing up for the season. So, so, yeah. you, know, uh, you know, all my friends from, from Hoffman that couldn't get into U of I yes. ended up at Iowa. I didn't go. <laughs> I didn't go to Iowa. Just screw up. Just screw up. Screw up a fan. Just screw up a fan. But uh, it was one of those classic ones where you know, a bunch of fraternity brothers or whatever, we went to the career fair and there's Gallo and National Wine and Spirits oh, okay. and, you know, from across the room. There's like CDW and like yeah. farm, like, Real companies. Yeah, and companies, yeah. yeah. Wow, we're get over here. You'd be perfect for this. Mm-hmm. Brett, you got to come. What are you talking about? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, booze sales. Guys, shh. Like, yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> okay. Well, yeah. So um, kind of had, had that. I could do financial. CDW was really big at the time, and I had some friends who have done well that there. Was techie, yeah. And then um, National Wine and Spirits, which was Union Beverage, um, was, was the three. And then having talked to my uncle and told me about how cool the industry was and mm. he was on the like it's funny back then he would sell me all these shirts for like Breckenridge and yeah. um, New Belgium and yeah. Odell all these brands you've never heard never of back heard then of, yeah. and this yeah. is the late 90s early 90s like oh here's all these Colorado you know, yeah. brewery t-shirts that now if I pull them out people are like what a cool yeah, vintage right? shirt. Yeah, like, really? That's, that's my favorite brewery. I'm like, I just can't believe it. I'm glad they're still here. But they're real, yeah. yeah. But Because um, back so, then they were micro Yeah, it was new, you couldn't get fat tired inside no. of decide, uh, the yeah. Mississippi. And that's kind of one of the, fat, the first ones that kind of came over here for a micro or for a craft brewery. It yeah. was definitely kind of grew up everywhere. That's great. Yeah. And I remember when he was, he'd come to school and we'd walk into the liquor store and we'd buy like 10, 12 packs of Sam Adams and go to my fraternity and he would be the heroes. And, <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm expecting oh, all of that. I was like, all right, so this is cool. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. I could sell computers or booze, or booze. Like, right? Beer. So um, we're always drinking. Yeah, yeah. it wasn't Good a main like a bad. passion in particular. It was more like I think this would be a fun industry. And again, mm-hmm. no one I didn't want to sit at, at a cubicle and make that same. You know, it's one thing when your commutes to a ballpark. Yeah. yeah. When your commutes to, to an office, and, and God loves those that do it every day. I just, you know, one thing that's kept me going for twenty years is every day is different. Yeah. I mean, oh yeah. Every single day in this industry. Is different. Even if Friday from four to seven, I'm doing the same thing. Yeah, I'm doing it somewhere else. Somewhere else, we're talking to different people. Plano, yeah. Texas, you know, two Saturdays ago. Um, then I was at Tails, and you know, did a yeah. bunch of events. And then I was, you know, I've done demos, you know, in, in multiple states. And, and then you know, and then even here, if you mm-hmm. do them all in Illinois, it's still. Oh, yeah. Today I'm at an independent on the north side. Yeah. yeah. I don't think I'm doing one tomorrow, but <laughs> you know, <laughs> independent spirits right on Broadway. No, uh, Clark House. Oh, Clark House. Uh, okay. Uh, whatever Andersonville Street that yeah. is. Yep. Um, yeah. So it's just so I kind of knew that, and I saw that as an opportunity, um, or something that would I would like to do, and, and it's worked out. It's been it's 
it's been fun. And then so quickly developed a passion then yeah. once I kind of yeah. learned what was what and, and for the fact that, you know, what's really neat too is I sit on a lot of planes, I talk to a lot of people yeah. Yeah. and a lot of them like, oh, you know that thing that does that on your printer? Yeah, oh, I sell those. Mm-hmm. All right, dude, that's cool. That's great, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, so what else is new? Like, who's your favorite baseball? We're, yeah. we're, for the whole time, and I've been in this industry, everyone knows what we do. Not necessarily what we do, but knows our product or some version of it. Yes. And even if they don't drink, even if it's a 90-year-old grandmother who yeah. has never had a drink or it's an 18-year-old who's sneaking in drinks, everyone has an opinion on it. True. So, you know, it's a very a point. common good. It's a, you know, that everybody can sit and speak about, whether it be beer, wine, whiskey, yeah. you know, vodka, whatever. I mean, look at taverns. I mean, they're full of people all the time. Yeah. So, you know, you're sitting on a plane and it's like, hey, what do you do? Oh, I sell whiskey. And then people perk up. Yeah. Like, really? Yeah. So tell me some more about it. And yeah. it's something you bounce off that energy and you're like, I'll tell you all about Maryland style, right? Absolutely. What, what else would you like to know? Yeah. It's a foundation of like, not just the country, but the world. I mean, yep. like, even back we were, we came back from Portugal and kind of on its like little boat cruise thing and the the skipper of the boat he was uh very much of a uh probably been a playboy his whole entire life put it that way <laughs> cool dude enjoyed his martinis if you will and he kept asking you know everybody around the boat like oh what do you do what do you do and it comes to my wife and i and it's like oh we both work in the whiskey industry and he's like oh my god stop right here it's like and she was kind of feeling sick today and so was i so we weren't really partying if you will or not like in the best moods be on a boat for a while, for five <laughs> hours but uh he was like kept asking questions and like oh yeah we have jack daniels you know and i think we have a well, who do you work for he's like i'm like star ward and he's like i'm like you've never heard of it he's like no, I have not, but I'm interested in it. And you just have a conversation from there. It's so much of what we can all relate to yeah. because everyone's probably tried whiskey in their life. Like mm-hmm. you said, it's mm-hmm. the 18-year-old kid and the 90-year-old grandmother. and might not be the best thing for them, but it's also a conversation starter because yeah. everybody knows something about it. It's an in. It's a. It's an insight. Uh, I agree with you, Brett. I mean, everyone has an opinion about it. Yeah. <laughs> well, they have a lot of opinions about our yeah. whiskey. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we were just having that conversation today about how, I like, um, one person that's kind of in a group of people that knows a little bit more about whiskey than the other 10, let's say can influence what they're going to buy and what they're not going to yeah. buy unfortunately unfortunately yeah but then it, it stretches beyond that and then that i mean word of mouth is just old school yeah you know yeah and i think in, in today's today's world it's a trier is a buyer and that's why good point you know, i used nice to try, i like that trier is a buyer yeah when i sold smoking loon and they'd be hey i'll buy 10 cases if you do a demo i'd be like i really don't want to stand here on a friday because you're going to sell it's the number one selling, you know, it was, quickly became a million case brand. Like, it was the number one selling domestic cab. Wow. Like, why? You don't need me to stand here. Like, yeah. why am I standing here to sell a $9 bottle of wine? Exactly. And now, having gone through, I was with Carlson's, which is a tiny Swedish potato vodka over at Tenzing. Mm-hmm. Uh, Martin Miller's, which is, to me, one of the most versatile and best gins it's out there that yeah. nobody knows anything about. It's a very stuff. good gin, yeah. and it's a very affordable gin. Yeah. yeah. And then, all of a sudden, I found a passion in doing these demos because it was like, you don't know anything about this. Yeah. You're walking in here to buy a bottle of something that you know everybody has. You yeah, know, definitely. Let no, me see it, if I can convert you. It, it, that's the whole point. I mean, like even last night, I was doing a tasting, and a couple was like, "I think I like your bottle at seventy-five dollars more than your forty-dollar bottle." It's like, "Oh, great, we're out of it, though." So <laughs> you're like, "Didn't yeah. go through that whole process of trying to order it and do all that, but you're they're literally bypassing an entire huge shelf of other craft spirits and they want your stuff because that's what they enjoy what they had that sample right there right in front of them it's so important it can't be overlooked yeah yeah i agree well i mean do you can you necessarily in, in the 20 years plus that you have Brett, can you necessarily tie cost to taste um and just so you know, I was hinting that I want to try the rye. So. Oh, we can sure we can get some open. We do have we do have a whole <laughs> table of rye whiskey sitting think, right in as we front speak. Of us. I was say I think in today's market it's too all over the place. It's You've too got too many people place. that got you know a two year old out at 
seventy nine ninety nine because that's what their consultant you know said to do. Right. And then you got people that have really good buys out at you know at seventy nine ninety nine. It's a four or five year old, mm-hmm. and it's but it gets into a cloudy spot these days. So I mean, I think again, I think that's again where tastings make such a bigger difference. And, yeah. You know, I think what's interesting, I think we're, we're due for a change in the market. Mm. Um, I think either, I don't know what it is. Like, I've got lots of ideas, but, yeah. um, and the more whiskey I drink, the better my ideas get. <laughs> I like I, that. Uh, I like the sound I of that. I want to hear this. Yeah. Um, but I think, you know, we're all, we're all doing a good job of getting people to buy bottle one. And whether it's because they want to add it to their collection, you know, hey, I'm going to the store to buy a bottle of Sagamore today. Yeah. And you're standing there and it's like, oh, you know what? I'll try that. Yeah. I was here for whiskey anyway. Right. That's pretty good. Yeah. That's in a price range I'm willing to pay. Maybe it's $10 more and $10 less than what I thought I was going to buy, but I'll take home a bottle of Star Wars. Never even gets to the shelf. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Never even makes it to shop the rye section mm-hmm. because you were standing there and did a great job, Oof. and he leaves a- and adds to his collection, right? <laughs> yeah. Finishes his bottle with his buddies. He loves it. Maybe there's this much left. He's like, that Star Wars was pretty good. You know, I'm going to go back and get a second bottle. Yeah. But now you're standing there. Oh, damn it, and, Wilson. And you and your horse damn it, is, is doing a tasting, and he tastes, and he's like, this is really good. Yeah. It's within that price point that I was willing to pay. Yeah. Definitely. I've already had Star Ward. He's in front. I don't have to go to the section in this giant liquor store anymore. Mm-hmm. I'm going to grab a bottle, go check out, and bring something new to my friends that don't have this. Um, or worst case, you don't add it to your collection. Yeah. And, and done. How do we get bottle two consistent? How do I get... To the level that some of the bigger brands are, if, if you will, and we're taking from them too, yeah. um, being craft, but you know, with the blinders, to where it's like, hey, look, I am here to buy Sagamore. I'll try your stuff. I like your stuff. Yeah. I might add that I to my purchase, yeah. but I'm not not leaving the store without a bottle of Sagamore in right. my in my basket. Right. Yeah. And I think whoever comes up with ways to figure that out, whether it be you know any of our brands or, or similar size brands, yeah. is, is really going to get a leg up. We never leave the liquor store. We just stay there. We spend, <laughs> we spend the night <laughs> I there. Tell you, what, you were here yesterday. Yeah. 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 I, was like, <laughs> I need you to buy another one. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. No, that's such a good point, well, though. Yesterday, I mean, like, thought I'd finish up today. It, it, I guess with even what we're trying to like do here, I guess with the podcast or even just being friends and having knowing somebody in the industry, it's kind of even supporting those brands. Like, I had never met you until today, but mm-hmm. I was talking about Sagamore to a couple of customers on a tasting like a week ago or so. I'm like, because oh. they're, they're asking about Good Rise and they want they didn't really yeah. know where to start. I was talking about Union Horse at the same time. They had already bought a bottle of Star Wars, so I did my job. <laughs> and they're, and but they're they're like, oh, I still also want to drink some rye whiskey. And mm-hmm. so I'm like, well, here's some t- here's two good craft ones. They're like, this is why I don't like my. All right, never had that brand, but. It's kind of just all about like helping and supporting one another because, as we all say, we we, we go together as the bottles sell yeah. off the shelves Only together. Only if it's good. I'm if not gonna. Good. I'm not yeah. gonna throw yeah, right. a bone. Oh, you know, I'm not gonna no. throw a bone for the sake of throwing no, a bone. Absolutely. Right? No, absolutely. No, no, not you at know. all. And I would never do it because I don't, we I don't, all work for solid brands. That yeah. It's easy to because you don't want to mislead customers because because yeah. our mm-hmm. opinion. Let's say you give them that like 18 months, two year old whiskey that's young but has good flavor to it, but just isn't there yet because it hasn't had the time to sit in the barrels or whatever it may be. And then they go and have it. They don't really enjoy it. That's, they're not going to remember the brand. They're going to remember the person that sold right. them that, unfortunately. And, and they're not going to know why they didn't enjoy it. You know, that's mm, one thing great I point. encourage. And, and a lot of people are like, huh. you're serious? Like, and I've, I do a lot of tastings at the same stores yeah. just because convenience. Yeah. And, you know, as we go, no one goes to Montgomery or Plainfield. It's easy. Yeah. yeah. I can, it, you know, it's a short commute. But you see a lot of the same people. I'm like, hey, I noticed you bought this last time or whatever. And you've got, I'm like, keep notes. Man, just get a notebook mm-hmm. or a taste, you know, three by five. When I did wine, I said, put three by five card next to it. Try it, you know, right away. Try it in 20 minutes. Try yeah. it with food. Buy another bottle and do it all again. And then compare. And with whiskey, I say, pay attention. Like, when you go to these tastings, don't just go there and get, you know, Hammer. if you end up lit, fine. But for the first <laughs> yeah. hour, take notes. Oh, if you're yeah. out of Binnie's and there's seven people there, 
pay attention to what you're tasting. Don't just go, oh, I'll do the tequila now, and then I'll do the rye, yeah. and I'm going to go do the vodka. Like, if you're serious, whiskey, you'll, you'll find out all of a sudden, if you Google Wyoming larceny makers, guess what? You're going to find out. You like weeded whiskey. Yep. Yeah. If you if you like them, or let you, I hate those three brands, yeah, yeah. you'll find out you don't like Wyoming, you know, weeded whiskey. You know what right, I mean? Yeah, like, absolutely. What, this, Pikesville, you know, Sagamore, Pikesville, um, Leopold, like Brothers, has in Maryland. Like, yep. what do I, oh, I like Maryland rye. Let me dig deeper about what I like about Maryland rye. And mm-hmm. I think that's one of the things that we could do that's fun is try to encourage people. Like, yeah. go yeah. down that rabbit hole. It, it is I, so important for that. Yeah. And, I mean, and I think even the the big buyers, the collectors, they are kind of beyond that and forget about those parts because yeah. they're just looking for the age statement. They're looking for um, the proof as well and seeing if it's a rare bottle or not. They're not right. focusing necessarily on the taste. They're focusing on how does it look in front of my friends on my bottle shelf. Or they just, you know, they're looking for that what that friend, yeah. you know, told them to go get. Yeah, because I mean, because I was at a tasting um, with Scotch Malt Whiskey Society, who Ben was here on Monday mm-hmm. uh, a couple of weeks ago, and we sat down and, like, he was talking about how we blind tasted everything, and we had notes to, like, write down where we thought it was from, how long it was aged, the flavors we were getting from the nose, the flavor we were getting from the taste while drinking it, and then also with the finish. And then it was ex- exposed to us what it actually was. But it wasn't about kind of showing people up. It was about a conversation having with like-minded people about what we're passionate about. So, like, if you can get that novice drinker, if you will, mm-hmm. um, to start doing that at, a, at the very beginning of the approach to drinking whiskey, hopefully they can carry it through and then also provide that those details to other people and kind of influence them that way. Yeah, yeah it's a lot more than price and image. And, and again, you, you, I bought this. I didn't like it. And like, what, yeah. what didn't you like about yeah. it? Like, here's maybe what you didn't like about it. And, but try here. Like, mm-hmm. but it's got to be, be so hard to walk into a store oh, these days. I man. mean, the shelf looks different so on All Wednesday than it did on Monday. Monday. Yes. Mm-hmm. Two of the brands aren't there anymore. <laughs> Five more just showed up. Yep. Yeah. And unless you have somebody kind of guide you and have that talk, and certain retailers are good at it, certain ones mm-hmm. just point, Yeah. you're going to either buy your go-to or you're going to look in your phone and see if it's on there. The pre- and the prices match up, you're going to buy it without yep. you kind of being guided, you know, and there's just such opportunity there. Mm-hmm. Um, there is. Um, what's, and, what's been your approach over the years to, you know, kind of, I guess, counteract that, if you will? Um, to ta- is it mostly tastings? I yeah. Mean, I think it's kind of being in their face and being able to actually point you in a direction that might be different than what the Internet is telling you. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's engagement, <laughs> it's tastings, yeah. and then in- engaging the staff and just letting mm-hmm. them know. Like, walk into a Benny's on a Monday afternoon and just be like, hey, was, I know it's Monday is there anybody in the whiskey department around? Yep. You know, we just got this new port finish out. If anyone wants to taste great, if not, no, no problem. Mm-hmm. I'm going to leave a little, some notes. But then they're going to want to, you know, everyone's got an ego. Everybody wants to be good at their job. They're prideful. Yeah. So they want to stand there and recommend something. They haven't tried. Which is so important. Woodenville and all these, you know, yeah. but they just tried Sagamore this week and mm-hmm. can speak genuinely to what it tastes like, mm-hmm. which the consumer will react to. Yeah. And then hopefully make a confident purchase. And that's where the best Mm-hmm. Um, it's hard to do. It it's is time consuming, especially in this city too, where yeah. there's so many places. How many meetings are there? Thirty six. Forty. There's forty. Yeah. Forty now. No. Forty. Jesus yeah. Christ. And like we're in thirty one of those minis, and you're thinking like, oh, I have to go all across, not just Chicago and the city, but Chicago land, and reaching out like all the way out to you, basically, and driving sometimes an hour and a half each. I looked at my miles the other day, and I drove eighty miles in one day, <laughs> and you're like. Okay, like is that yeah. real? Like, yep, yeah. that's real. But it's all about getting that product out there, and like you said, educating the staff because if the staff doesn't know it, they're not going to sell it. And there's because they're overwhelming too for them just to sit there and look at the shelves. And you want that staff to be because there's so many times that I've walked in to a store and someone kind of tells you not the wrong, not like horribly wrong, like crucifiable wor- uh, words about a whiskey that's wrong, but just it's not re- leading the right person. The, the wrong person could walk up to you and they could take them in the wrong direction. They might not ever buy that spirit because you told them some misinformation 
fortunate for like ourselves, we'd know a little bit more when we're going out and buying stuff. But if you tell somebody that's uh, some you know, misleading information, some wrong information about a company, it might never actually ever get to experience it. Probably not. Yeah. Yep. But so, we have the pleasure of experiencing what's in our glass right now. I was just going to ask. So this is our signature 83 proof? Signature um, 83? Yep. This probably accounts for about 80% of our national sales. Um, really, to me, this is the one where you tell me you don't like rye. Yeah. Get to me. Okay. Like, obviously, our labels are unapologetically rye. We love making <laughs> rye. It's what Maryland did. Yeah. It's what we're passionate about. Our, our mission is to inspire a global passion for Maryland-style rye. This is a really good gateway, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, yeah, that's the one. Like, oh, I don't like You like bourbon? Yeah, I love bourbon. Come here. Let me yeah. talk to you. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Everything we do is a blend of these two mash bills, a very traditional 95 rye, 5 barley, okay. and then very unique to us, a 52 rye, 43 corn, 5 barley. Nice. So distilled and aged separately, um, about five years, and then blended together with limestone water from the spring house that makes good radio, mm-hmm. but I'll show you guys at least. <laughs> 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 On Sagamore Farm. Brett's the first one that brought visuals to the podcast. Yeah, I, I like it. it. Yeah. I'm all about uh, well, visuals. This is my first nope. podcast. Oh, oh, oh nice. Hey, so, all right. A couple of YouTubes, but... Uh, uh, first podcast. Well, that Springhouse was built um, by a grant that was granted to a professor from the University of Maryland in 1909 Dude, mm. this is cool to study cool. Um, what limestone aquifers do. Like, yeah. are they good for crops? Um, are they good for livestock? What are they good for? And obviously, we've learned that it's great for whiskey. So yeah. Yeah. Um, we bring um, we bring that water down Route 83, which is just a fun coincidence, um, to the proof, <laughs> to our distillery, and then cut nice. the whiskey down using you know that same using limestone that same water, water you find water. in Kentucky. So okay. interesting. Um, but yeah, this is our kind of our everyday introduction. Absolutely. Um, light and easy. Holds up in cocktails. Yeah, I was gonna say cocktails. Um, you know, boys, uh, nice. Boulevard A is one of my favorites. But if you're using Campari, I wouldn't go equal parts. Mm-hmm. If you're using Aperol, mm-hmm. um, Aperol you can go equal parts. I would parts, go equal, but, but I still go a little heavier on the whiskey. Yeah. Um, just to make sure it cuts through. But um, I was mm. to see you guys earlier today talking about highballs and, and like, <laughs> all, yeah. all day. Oh, I can yeah. see this with a tonic. We real yeah. nice. A little, a little orange in there as my well. My sisters yeah. would Ooh. love this. They're big rye drinkers. One of the uh, highlights. Sagamore Spirit Rye, ladies. There we go. <laughs> and gentlemen. <laughs> oh, yeah, and well, gentlemen. It's, it's, Sorry. If, there, if there's one out there. Well, maybe, I think we have all female listeners, actually. <laughs> You, well, he has all female sisters. That's true. Yeah. That's a good point. That's a very good point. That's a very good point. Nothing gets by you. So, but uh, yeah, one of the highlights in my career is uh, we had a highball on Trick Dog's menu. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah for the first six months of the year, and oh, um, the, it was with the signature. Um, last week, I was able to have it became two because mm-hmm. much like the one I heard you talking about, it went yeah. down real easy. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, I was with Cast last week, and cool. it was just like it was like oh, I've been doing man. again. I've been doing this a long time, and been fortunate to be at a lot of great spots. Yeah. But it's my second time at Trick Dog, and they just won the award of the best menu, and you know, it's just one. Of, I got chills. Like, I mean, For I'm sure. sure people are like, "What are you talking about? You got chills drinking a cocktail in a bar?" And I was like, "It was Trick Dog. It's yeah. Trick Dog. What right? I sell. Yeah. In you know what's what's been one of the top bars in the world consistently, and it's such an unassuming place. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's." It's your local bar. Yeah. I mean, it's just a great people and great bar. But about it, to drink yeah. something that I'm so passionate about yeah. in such a cool spot, in, in the, but it was in a highball, which that does that does this works really well in a highball. No, I was yeah. trying. I was trying to think about it. just this morning. Wilson and I got coffee, and it's after we we left, and I was trying to think about how describe that feeling when someone takes the bottle off the shelf and actually goes and purchases it because it's not like you know your big products or even like your domestic beers where it isn't it just keeps flowing it flows yeah. itself it's, yeah. it has its own rhythm and pace but for us to get you know one of your bottles off the shelf and you actually purchase one of six bottles that are in the store which yeah. means so much to us it's the lifeblood of our company yeah. it's almost like when you have a little bit of gas left in your tank when you're a kid and you always wait until the last second and you like scrounge like five dollars put it in there you're like all right i can breathe 
breathe. Like I, I'm good to go. Like I have like this like now like, newfound energy to do it. Because um, you always want to get obviously the bottle into somebody's hands and take it out. Because so many times you've well not so many times, but every once in a while someone will take a bottle off your table at a tasting. Like oh yeah, I'm gonna buy this. And you look back on the shelf and then it's there. Sometimes yeah. you're like oh, it's like the biggest kill killjoy right there. Know, just say no. Yeah, you I know. Can't. It hurts so it, bad. It hurts more when I go back and count. Wait, there was three bottles there, and you bought. Yeah. Oh, yeah. he put it back. Yeah, hey, three bottles of Sagmore in the vodka section, man. I'm not sure what you're telling these people to do. It's like, bro, they said they said they'd, they take, said it. they'd take it. Yeah. And then yeah. I had the other fear, where like, especially if you get a slow one, uh-huh. um, and it's like someone buys one. Thank you so much. Yeah. Oh, I really appreciate yeah. it. Yeah, then you kind of watch. It's like I'm not going to go to the table, or the shelf, and refill until you see the register. Yeah. Like, kind of casually walk down the whiskey aisle behind them so they can't do it. They're like, just guilt them into taking it all away. He goes through the register. Like, thanks again. I really appreciate it. He's like, dude. He's like, relax. It was forty bucks. Yeah. Like, it's like it's just forty. No, you understand how much that means to me. Like, I've been standing here building this thing, and wow, that's that's so great, man. Definitely so. It's okay, weirdo. Have you? I mean, when it comes to tact in that in that regard, is it? I depending on where you're going. Usually, if someone likes it, they go and buy, grab it. I mean, you can just tell by wherever you are tasting. Is it in poor taste? And this is a practice that I'm sure some of us or many of us out there do. It's like having just whatever they have on a shelf on my table as mm-hmm. I'm tasting. They're like, ooh, where can I find that? I was like, right here. Yeah. Grab it right now because these are the last four, five, six, whatever it may be the case. I guess stressing the sense of urgency. Is that in poor taste, do you think, at all, Brett? No, I don't think so. I, don't think I mean, I, I don't wipe the shelf out just in case... You know, somebody's so shopping to yeah, yeah. can see it. Well, I mean, you leave one or two. Yeah, yeah. but I always but for the have most part, yeah. a couple on my table. Like, where can I get it? Right here, right here. man. Absolutely. Okay, right from me. That means so much. Thank you. Yeah. Um, so I, I don't, I, I'm trying to make it easy. Yeah, of course. Definitely. Especially yeah. with brands our size and, and yeah. all the other brands and shiny things and, and big displays. That by yeah. the, if I let them walk <laughs> five feet, have you, you walked again. down the bucket section recently? <laughs> yeah. Oh my god! Yeah. <laughs> or that handle for twenty five dollars? Oh, just really the gimmicks nice. of like the cases these days. Oh, oh my gosh! But yeah. Somebody has a uh, was a, oh man, a cool pop up. It's a cardboard piece, but it's like a van. Hmm. Oh, huge displays everywhere. It's a big brand, but uh, it was fuckers. It was, but yeah. it was kind of neat. It made me stop. I know what you're talking oh, about. That's yeah, kind of a, it's a bus or a truck yeah. or something. It might be Don Julio. <laughs> it might be. And I was like, that thing's full. That's pretty neat. Like, yeah. it caught my attention. I'd still not buy it, but yeah, you know. So they don't take the. T- if they walk past that, they they could change like, their mind. So they could change their mind easily. You I, can get easily forgotten about. I think it's, you know, I think again, I think what comes the people that do well and what we do the passion comes through I think a lot of that gratitude they're like oh man this guy cares about it. he knows yeah. what he's talking about yeah. he cares about it um, I'm happy to support a small brand or to support just me as a person mm-hmm. um, regardless of what the whiskey is if the whiskey happens to be good it helps but, yeah. <laughs> and then you know you get a lot of them that they're in their phone and they don't know what they're talking about and it's yeah. like I think it's a, a vodka it's clear oh no it's yeah. a gin I'm sorry mm-hmm. yeah. and it's like, I mean um, that's the is thing. that frustrating for you guys when you go to a demo and like we're actually part of our brands you know we work directly for our brands represent them it means a lot to us obviously the passion that we're talking about right now but when you go to a demo and there's three other people there and they work for an agency they like you said they don't really know much about it and i think it discredits your brand sometimes because they assume that they're going to go up to you and get the same experience sometimes and you might be the third fourth person in line they're going to and it's sometimes they just bypass you by that point because they, maybe they bought like a $15 bottle of gin or vodka mm-hmm. or something like that, but they haven't had a great experience when it comes to what you're going to offer. Do you feel like sometimes it's it's frustrating? I mean, it's frustrating, but it feels like it's almost discrediting your brand too. I wouldn't call it discrediting. Yeah, no. From, I, from, their, per, from their perspective, it can happen. I, I, I feel like getting it at. just takes away from, it could take away from the experience yeah. to where there's yeah. like four other people here and they're you know, all in their black 
outfits. Yeah. And it's all 1999, I mean, you can point stuff. Yeah. And it's like, I just put my head down and I'm going. It's like, well, yeah. wait, I, got, I can tell you what I'm serving and I've got stories and, and yeah. I got knowledge a little bit different no offense to them they're doing yeah. what they're being paid the to job. do yeah. but Correct. I think just especially if you're all up front together and I'm, done, I'm just going to buy my six pack of beer and mm-hmm. my bottle of makers and go home like yeah. I, I, yeah. there's too much um, so I, I don't think it hurts the brand I think it can hurt the experience mm-hmm. you know I think yeah, that's what I was more trying to say Yeah, that's another thing where I just think there needs to be I, and I've had it all thrown up. Hey, it's going to be like a dating app. So if you want uh, all tasters that have beards and um, flannel shirts, like because that's what represents your brand, you can have that. If you mm. want all people that look this sort of way, like yeah. it doesn't work. And there's some of them that are really good. Yeah, they are. Uh, and, yeah, absolutely. And they're the best, but there are so many that are just not. Yeah. Like, the demand is so high uh-huh. because if you're selling a 1999 vodka, let's just say, you can stumble into selling a yeah. six pack um, yeah. just by being 1999, just by being, being in front of the store. Yeah. It's, it's a it's living end cap, yeah, pretty um, much. So I, I, you know, it's another thing that I, I, for years, I think needs to be changed to some extent. But I don't know how. how yeah, the, right. there's always someone that'll pay that, you know, two hundred bucks and mm-hmm. not even ask who's they're checking a box. They live yeah. overseas. They live in yep. in Texas and they cover the Midwest and they just know they have an end cap program at a total wine and more um, in Missouri, and they need five tastings. So mm-hmm. check, check, filled out the form. Here you go, send. Yeah. No, I mean, with our company, they wanted to, like, start using the agency, and I was kind of like, I don't mind doing this because I want the first purchasers of this brand in this country to, like, really have a full-on experience of what they're going to be yeah. tasting, yeah. Um, what, the, what the brand is all about versus someone who could be really good or could be good at their job, but you have to really point um, to the specifics of the brand about why this single malt whiskey is different from Scotland. Like we're not risk repeating the wheel. We're trying to do things a little bit differently, but when you have a lot of people that drink a lot of single malts these days and then know yeah. a lot about the products, they're going to be like, Oh, they tell me something different. And if they can't, then those bottles are just going to sit on the shelf and live there. They're not going to live in the homes of your potential buyers yeah. and fans. Um, so the next Sagmore, by the way, that we opened was our yeah. double Heck Oak, yeah. Yeah. which just became core. Um, was originally oh, nice, a one-time nice. only release. Congrats, bro. Thanks, and it went over so well. We released it again, and we're about to. You know, we'll continually release it as we need. Release it as we need it. Um, bottom line is, we age our two mash bills separately, blend them together, hmm. nine months in wave stave barrels. So, okay. um, uh, independent stave makes them for us. We don't stick as full barrels. Yeah. Fifty-three gallon American oak gotcha. to a very indirect toast. Okay. Um, anything more, you'd lose. You'd lose the grooves. But essentially, like if you've ever taken like a Zen Garden, it's kind of ran a rake. Yeah, like the staves all look like that. Okay. Um, oh, that's and, cool. And then a super indirect light toast to, to keep some depth Just there. Just keep them. Okay. Leaves about thirty percent more surface area. Mm-hmm. Um, so this is probably one of our spiciest products, if okay. you will. I get a lot of spicy. menthol out of it. Ooh. Okay. It's almost like a and again with all due respect, it's almost like putting one of those menthol strips on your tongue. Oh yeah, I can see that. Um, not in a sense where it's like overpowering. No, 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 no. It's just it has that. It's a very light to it. It's a light finish that stays with you, but it's, yeah. it's not overwhelming. No. No, and it's not overwhelming at all. Yeah, jump up to a ninety-six point six proof. Okay. Um, a couple double gold in um, the WSW, WSWA. Okay. Um, WSWA. Last year, um, and just this is one where the traditional rye people mm-hmm. seem to like a lot. Um, mm. Holds up in cocktails. Makes an excellent dark Manhattan. Mm-hmm. Um, holds up and cuts through, but. I think that oak brings a spice sometimes that our 83, if you're a big rye person, yeah. the 83 is nice and sweet and yeah. fun and easy to drink, but you mm-hmm. might be like, hey, where's that back end? Definitely. Um, this answers that. Yeah. And, you know, and it, it does. And, um, and it brings that punch on, on that back end there from that oak. It's not long lasting, which is nice. Yeah. Because it makes you want to have sip more. Definitely does. Have a nice mouthfeel to yeah. it. I love how it's differentiated 
the bottle, um, for those who are not familiar with it, has a really cool Maryland's flag. If you look at it, there's like a lot of diamond shape to it. And I love how that's mimicked in the bottles itself. Is that is that something that you set out to to, to uh, purposely do there, Brett? Or is yep. it more of a... Yeah, let me show you my fun trick real quick. Yeah, that'd be fun. It's a lot more fun after oh, more whiskey. Oh, there you go. Stop, if you bend it, the label holds. Man. Oh. Um, yeah, and, and I, I did not bring the visual aid, but if you look in we'll our... post um, a picture of it. If you look in our um, distillery uh, visitor center, yeah. we have a frame... Uh, a case of all these old yeah. Maryland bottles. And in Maryland, cool, back man. when they were making rye, um, 44 distilleries, you know, 21 in Baltimore, and yeah. in, I think in 1910, those were those numbers from, there's all types of crazy bottles. Yeah. You know, just yeah. different shapes and sizes. Everybody had their own little unique spin. So this is kind of an homage to that. A little that bit of a really diamond cool. shape really to go cool. with our three diamonds. But yeah. um, most importantly, just kind of... Uh, you know, paying honor to those that came before us. Absolutely. And to show any absolutely. kind of similarity to it, it's basically it. what the bottles can do is what NFL or gloves in football now you can do, where people will put their <laughs> yeah, hands yeah, together and, and it will say, oh, show yeah. like a logo or like a <laughs> nice. word. Yeah. That's a good one. Yeah, so go, it's kind of a cool combination that way. That's so cool. just uh, do that now with two bottles, go score a touchdown and bring some rye whiskey with you. That's what you guys should do. Just get some <laughs> kind of, some player that's crazy enough to do that, put hold that together. Yeah, together. hold the two bottles together. <laughs> that's a good one. I'll got, propose that. Yeah. There you go. I'm there, missing the POS call some, right Somebody from the Ravens has got to do it. Next director's call. That'd be fun. Yeah, put it together. Actually, you know, big weekend for us because Ed Reed's going to the Hall of Fame. That's right. That's yeah, right. yeah. So, the U baby. The U, yeah, yeah, U my, fan right uh, here. I heard that earlier. Yeah. yeah so my U. Ohio business should spike. Yeah, uh, definitely. This weekend, which will be good. Yeah. yeah the Hall of Fame. I can't believe football's back last night. I know. Yeah. Uh, Isn't that crazy? I didn't even know what was going on when I saw that. I'm like, wait, what? I saw something on like Instagram of like highlights of the best Hall of Fame game highlights of the last oh, like 15 oh, years shit. at like four o'clock in the afternoon. I'm like, wait. Is that this weekend? And it's, I'm like, it's oh, funny wait, that it's you tonight. say highlights yeah, of the right? Hall of Fame game. It was like one was, there was a fake game. punt that's the, like, I can't remember who it was. I think it was the Texans maybe. <laughs> and yeah, they, did a, they did a fake punt in a, in a preseason game. And the punter ran for like a 60-yard touchdown. <laughs> How many people got cut that day? Yeah, right? <laughs> oh, that's a good point right there. Yeah. yeah uh, my, my local pub uh, gives me the remote. And, oh, nice. Uh, so nice. I had Cubs on one. Socks to play during the day. Yeah. Gotcha. Um, and I was trying to see X Games was on. I was like, yeah, well, what else is on? Like, yeah. NFL. Like, yeah, right. Can't be. Oh, just same yeah. thing. Like, holy cow, we're here. Like, yeah. What's your local watering hole? Uh, it's, a, it's just the Tap House Grill out in Oswego. There nice. you go. Tap House Hill. Hey, yeah. shout out to Tap shout House Grill. Shout out to Tap House Grill. So they took good care of me. Good. Big, big Sagamore account. I think one go. of our tops in the in the in the state. Nice. Good. Um, I have nothing to do with that. That's all. Other patrons, yeah, other drinking patrons it, of course. Drinking it. So yeah. do you go over to Rudy's to buy some bottles ever in Peru? Uh, no, I'm a little bit further north. Okay, more yeah. further north. Okay, yeah. there's this old bottle shop called Rudy's, and they had it's a cool bottle shop, and then they get some pretty good stuff in there for a small town bottle shop, and they had a bar in the back that was untouched since the '60s, and my cousin's wife's dad, <laughs> um, <laughs> cousin Pete, cousin Pete, <laughs> cousin Pete, cousin Pete, he convinced the, him and some friends, like kind of convinced the owners to like reopen the bar and have like a little tasting room back there. So basically it's like cleaned it up and left it untouched, like from the 1960s and preserved it that way. Really? And it's like do some tastings on like Fridays and Saturdays out there and like drink some stuff. But they, like, they get some Pappy and things like that in there. And so the bottle of Pappy 15, I think might've come from Rudy's. We buried nice. at my cousin's oh, wedding. Wow. Oh, is that where it came from? I think so. Oh, okay. Okay. Either that or high V in Peru. Who knows? I mean, who, who <laughs> hey, can tell? Who hey, can tell? I'll tell you, the high V approach is pretty cool. Oh yeah, uh, where they have them basically yeah. run as independents. Yep. Yeah. Um, which I had Nebraska in, in when I was with Wyoming, mm. and 
um, and some other markets that had stronger high V presence. Yeah. But even the one out in Sycamore, yep. um, he does a great job. He had his own store in Elgin for years. Um, but it's the, oh really? Yeah. yeah. But the autonomy that that they give these guys. There's still a few mandates and things, yep. but of course. there's going to be a white claw end cap. There's nothing you can yeah. do about that. Hey, but, nothing wrong with that, yeah. baby. But Car. to be able to walk in. <laughs> But being able to walk in and sell a line, you know, and, and, and them not have to, like, special order or anything like that is mm-hmm. a really neat concept. Yeah. And I, I, from what I've gathered, it's worked out pretty well for I think them. so. Like, I was I at so um, one in outside of Iowa City about a month ago, and they had an amazing craft beer selection. I was just Thank so you. impressed by it. And they had, like, good little – they actually had some barrel picks. Um, they had some of the local distillers. They had some good Cedar Ridge stuff. Like, I mean, I was like, this is really impressive for a small place. And they had an entire wall that was craft beer and also in the freezer, so in the coolers. So <laughs> buy some cold craft beer on a hot summer day. Cold craft beer yeah, in Iowa, Definitely, man. yeah. But, a lot of, hey, it's the best, uh, best uh, soil in the world. So they think it's the best beers so in the say. world. So you say. That's what I've been told. So you you say. know, that's what I've been told. So Brett's pouring us another. You know, I, Brett, I think we cut you off as far as, you know, telling or at least educating us uh, yeah. for those in regards to an actual Maryland rye and what it really for sure. was oh. really about. The question I had was, I mean, obviously, you're talking about how these were growing in 1910, um, the early uh, 20th century. Obviously, Prohibition became a big part of that. Were they affected at all, the distilleries, by, like, the Whiskey Trust in the late um, 1800s about, like, them buying up distilleries and shutting them down, basically, for their own profit? Um, some of the bigger distillers in the Midwest, like, uh, there was one Peoria, um, name is Great Midwestern Distillery, I think was, but they bought up, like, 65 to 70 different distilleries kind of all throughout the country to shut, them down. shut them down. Yeah, just to kind of put them out of business. Basically, their whole ordeal was, we're going to build um, an oil industry concept um, with whiskey and buy up every small company. Oh. Yeah, I didn't know if it, if it, if it, it reached out to the East Coast. come up. Okay. Um, so the biggest thing, that, you know, that Maryland was a free state because yep. they went through prohibition. Mm-hmm. And there's some pretty interesting back and forth between congressmen and senators and whatnot about, like, what are you guys doing? And yeah. Um, they exported a bunch to Scotland. Definitely. Um, during then, and then, you know, didn't, you know, it was it was easy to, it was a lot like, you know, marijuana in California last yeah. year. Like, hey, you're sick. Go get some whiskey. <laughs> yeah. Happened to be Friday or your birthday, but here you go. Those are stories people um, should check out. Like, it's like, obviously the stories happened in Kentucky, it happened in Pennsylvania, but like some of the stories happened in Illinois, in Maryland, in like Washington State with Prohibition, because Washington State was like, we're not really going to do this. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. like, we're going to keep like basically breaking the law and our whole law enforcement knows we are what we are right. doing and we're just going to go through Prohibition the way we're going to go through it. And then obviously Chicago with like all the gangsters mm-hmm. and um, everything p- popping up and Wilson's family doing bad things. <laughs> but yeah, no, that's the first I've heard of that. Sorry, I've heard of that, but I'm yeah, I didn't know if they reached respect- out that far or not. Yeah. Um, um, but I'll have to check that out. Okay. You know. Yeah, but yeah, please go ahead and so. share some more about some Maryland right. rye. Yeah, again, you know, just it, it's really the, the history and then that it was there for for so long. And Leopold Brothers has made one. I think it comes out once a year out of Colorado and oh, cool. you have far north and there's somewhere north of Duluth mm-hmm. um, that has made one. So it's not like we made it up to, to fit our needs. I mean, yeah. it's really a legit style and definitely, um, you know, sweet. More approachable. Um, you know, Bourbon's older brother is kind of our fun tagline. We put a billboard up outside of uh, Churchill True. Downs True. Uh, three Did weeks you? before. The, yeah. Did you? Yeah, I'll I show love you a that. picture. Oh, I got my oh, I'd love to see yeah. that. Three, three, about three weeks before the Derby, a couple weeks after, about two miles outside of Churchill Downs. And we have our sister company, Sagamore Racing, okay. um, where Thank the water you. comes from. You know, we run a bunch yeah. of thoroughbreds. And so we've got some good friends in Kentucky. That's it's cool, kind of a, just a <laughs> fun way to poke around. Yeah. Just be like, hey, we're Bourbon's older brother. You know, we were here first. Like, very much true. Yeah. So, um, 
you know, it just that's it. the thing. It's you know definitely agreed upon. You know how people got sweeter. There's a lot of arguments to it, yeah. mm-hmm. but all agreed upon pretty much that just a little bit more approachable. It's not going to knock you in the face yeah. like a double rye or, or okay. a traditional Kentucky. Or so it's safe to say with a, um, that a Maryland style rye is just sweeter. There's nothing to do with process or anything, or it, it should be more approach, more approachable, so approachable generally sweeter, and, essentially. And, yeah, and we get there through corn. Gotcha. Okay. Um, I, I I can't speak to exactly how the other guys get there because I guess I don't know. So a lot of it has to do with the mash um, and the fermentation, probably mm-hmm. a little bit too, with the temperature levels and everything like that. And when you're pitching your yeast, I'd assume, but I'm not an engineer nor am I a distiller, yeah. but someone who likes I just it. Thought there was a, a difference in process. Yeah. No, it's no? pretty traditional. It's pretty traditional. Yeah. Um, you know, we have a 40 foot continuous copper column still called Penny. Jesus. And then two <laughs> double boilers. 40 so foot. 40 foot. Wow. Yeah. So we triple distill, which I think that's something that they did back then as well. Okay. Because um, I think Vendo made Leopold Brothers a triple chamber really? that, they, that they use wow. for their Maryland rye, if, if memory serves. Wow. Can you, um, um, just for, for, for sake of those who are listening, like triple distill, I, I get this a lot. Oh, how many times do you distill? You know, I hear the more times the better. Can you little you know touch a little bit on that? You know, triple distilling in what sense? So we, that, we'll run it we'll through. We'll run it through the one time. And then a double boiler and then, and a, then a, again, another one. Yeah. Okay. Another so one. Okay. I mean, Is it all one still then? Two or one, yeah, one. Co- we have a pot still that we, we yeah. just for experiments. We haven't done anything with it, okay. so everything starts. So you with, know, like with a wash still or a spirit still. No, yeah. everything starts with the the column still penny, okay. Okay. and then through gotcha. the two double boilers, and, and just that. That's again what Maryland used to do. Um, so mm-hmm. we're trying to pay homage and do it the right way, and mm. you know leads to some some pretty clean and easy drinking product. Um, this is the cast strength, okay, which kind of put us on the map. Um, we yeah. So reason Friday the thirteenth coming up in September is our big holiday, as we opened on May thirteenth. 2016 to the public. It was our first release. In 17, we won a San Francisco double gold on our cask, mm. which is kind of was our coming out party, if you will. We, you know, we're now in 35 markets. At the time, we were not not even close to that. Mm-hmm. Um, really added a lot of, I think, credibility. And like, hey, what are these Sagamore guys doing? Because yeah. this is good juice. Yeah. Yeah. This is for the guys that, you know, walk into the stores and like, hey, you got Pappy? Hey, you got Glenn's? Hey, <laughs> yeah. what do you got? Like, oh, you know, I'm going to go. Like, all right, this, this is for you. This, this is, is for you. For someone that's an enthusiast. With Get a, your shit right. An educated mm-hmm. palate. Um, <laughs> It's like it's almost like a, a cinnamon or not, not like a pizza like fire gum, but like a candy quality to it. Really nice, like, like a red hot, like a red hot with like more like almost like a sweeter kind of candy taste to it instead of like an overwhelming like spiciness. What's the what's the strength on this? This is one twelve six. One twelve six um, doesn't come off that Does way. Does not drink that way. No. no. This one causes me lots of problems because after you know a long day, I'll sit down and have this on, a, on a, like my last stop. Mm-hmm. Yeah. On, on an ice cube, it's so good. Then mm. I have another one on an ice cube, and then it's like, huh. I always where'd that half hour yeah. go? This would be delicious, like over some vanilla ice cream kind of thing, doing things like that. I really tasty with like dessert, kind of pairing with it. Mm. I, uh, with a cigar, ooh, oh, and a big cube, forget about and just it. kind of just taking your time. What kind of sticks do um, you smoke? Uh, anything really a Connecticut wrap sort of thing. Nice. Um, a lot of the Keeping Rocky Patel. Coasty, huh? um, I just like that. I don't want to taste it at dinner. I don't mind if I taste it at breakfast. Mm. If I taste it at lunch the next day, that's okay. It's okay. But by dinner, I want to be done with yeah, last you, night's You cigar. don't want to have like, that on your mouth. Yeah, um, this place in, in Louisiana where we did our tails event um, called Cuban Creations now, oh, yeah. they do a bunch of Cuban seed but Dominican grown cigars. Oh, nice. All their own. Yeah. And they're awesome. Nostalgia. You can go you know, 60 gauge to just a small guy and yeah. um, they've got you know, all three levels, you know, as hot as, as dark as you want to as light. Yeah. And mm-hmm. I'll smoke two of the light ones sitting there drinking Sagamore. And the next day, it's like, I thought I had a cigar yesterday. Yeah. It's just so, yeah. but it's fulfilling when you're smoking it. Correct. Like it's not, cool. sometimes you go too light really, and it's, it's like. It's deep than you think it is. Yeah. I love so, it. So, um, yeah, I mean, definitely something on the lighter sides. Mm. Um, and I like to just 
you know, I, I don't know. It's not a quick thing. It's no, I don't I smoke them a lot. Maybe twice a month, three times Correct. a month. And it's like yeah, I want to be out there. there for an hour and a half. Like, yeah, I want to be like at peace. Right. Like, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> I have a, my deck. Uh, I live in a little duplex. We overlook a protected prairie land. Oh, oh nice. nice. So one of my challenges to myself because I never used my deck was like find a way to use the deck more. And yeah, there you the go. Kids go to bed and it's like all right, I'm gonna sit out there, watch the sunset, nice. maybe watch the ball game, have a cigar. You know, usually a bottle of whiskey with me. Yeah, just, of course. That's just where I sit and that's and your home. Man. Take in the night in the castle. It's like the hour and a half into the cigars. Oh man, it's done. Like. For sure. <laughs> Should have come with the bigger one because this is perfect. Nice. Yeah, that's, but, see, that's my um, problem. I know if I stay out a little longer, I'll drink more. So yeah. <laughs> 50 gauge, you know, Robusto size. There you I'm go. In, I'm done. Yep, those yeah. work. Yeah, those work real so, well. I really enjoy smoking cigars in warm climates too. Like mm. our oh, patios are so short, yeah. you know, like, yeah. and it's humid, it's hot, and it's like, there's so much energy. Yeah. Like you go yeah. out to Nevada or Arizona in February, and it's like, oh yeah, it's always it's outdoor time. Exactly. Here. Like, yeah. So I'll and sit out there. Too, yeah. yeah. Oh, and then a lot of their cigar places, though, aren't like our mahogany leather. Like, they're, mm-hmm. they're more chill. Like, mm-hmm. there's one up north in, in, in Vegas that's a good Sagamore partner called the Double Helix. And you just sit outside in their patio, and it's nice. year-round nice. patio furniture. There's TVs. Oh, nice. And uh, fire pits, which they don't need, obviously, now. Yeah. But in February, they yeah. kind of run more for ambient reasons. And it's yeah. just a perfect spot because it's like, it'd be 20 degrees home yeah. at home. Yeah. I'm too cold to be outside. Exactly. Can't enjoy um, it whatsoever. So, yeah, and I have an uncle in Glendale, Arizona, so every time we go out there, we hit a few spots and it's like this is just perfect. Like, yeah, not too. It's eighty degrees and at night at nine o'clock at night and mm-hmm. it's just a perfect time to sit and, and, and smoke mm. smoke a good cigar and drink some good whiskey. Yeah. Making me think of fall, bro. Yeah, I, I love. Yeah, no, I I love it too, but I love doing it in the humidity. I love really? it. Yeah. when I go see my parents down in, in Miami. Ooh, forget about it. Yeah, I I just want the smoke to like just obviously freeze in the air because it's so hum- humid. Sure, you know, but it, then it just slowly dissipates and I'm just in. Embodied it, and it's. I love it. I absolutely fucking love it. Well, the humidity is just. This is good. It's a good talk. Know, it and me are friends. <laughs> good to know. Yeah. So, like, when um, so he when did you join really us? Uh, sarcastically. <laughs> I'm just. I'm just trying to get back to whiskey, my friend. Oh, sorry. No, sorry. I, I mean, we do tangents. We do. Uh, we should be called like Tangent Whiskey Podcast. There you go. But there's already a tangentially speaking podcast. <laughs> <laughs> it's a true story. Good podcast. This Shout out to Chris this Ryan. Chris. Uh, I July of uh, seventeen or nineteen. Right? Nice. Yeah, so two years. Nice. So and what brought you years. there? Like, what was the transition? Um, you know, I, I I enjoyed Wyoming. I enjoyed the whiskey, yeah. and, mm-hmm. and was really um, good people to work with and, and a good yeah. opportunity. But they, they didn't. There's a lot they didn't know. Being okay. people from Wyoming, um, mm-hmm. you know, new to the whiskey business, you know, they they sat on their whiskey at three years, released a little young. Then realized at five they weren't, you know, quite sure you could source. They didn't yeah. know how that all worked. Because Sagamore is sourced, right? Right now, Sagamore is contract distilled through MGP, so a little bit different. Larry Ebersold, who ran that factory mm-hmm. for I think forty-one years, has been on board since day one. Okay. So we've worked with them you know, more borrowing their kitchen than picking out of their catalog. Great, mm-hmm. great, great. But we're up. Our stuff's all two and a half years. We run cool. about, um, I think seven. Oh, I want to say a shift almost every every day okay. or every, every almost seven days. Um, um, so we're cooking high and low constantly. Um, nice. And uh, we're going to wait. You know, we want to make sure it's right. We think that four to seven is probably the sweet spot nice. for rise. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it's it's through Indiana, which is why you may get some dill on that cast strength there, um, which is a you know, sign of some of the better stuff that they make, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, Wyoming was going to either need to really invest. Mm-hmm. We had some good numbers with three people, and then there was two of us. And it was just one of those, like, you know, no offense to them, but I could have sold 100 cases or had 100 returned, and no one – there was no attaboys. There was no, what did you do? It was gotcha. Just, um, if I was 25 or 55, it, it would have been great. But yeah. I, I had ambitions and, and growth and you know, want to be a national sales manager at some point. So 
these guys had come. It's funny. It's a tiny industry, as we all know. And oh, yeah. my my um, CV ended up on someone else's desk for something else. And a friend of his was a, our national sales manager. And he's like, hey, here you're looking and let's mm. talk. And um, ironically, I'd interviewed with them a few months prior. Okay. Um, but which he didn't know, but it was right when they were moving into the distillery and everything. So it was like okay. late February and the distillery they moved into in, in March, April um, of 17. So it was like, Hey guys, I'm still kind of interested. Like, hey, like it's crazy over here. So now those guys I work with, they're part of the team and it's great. Like, yeah. I remember talking to you yeah. like way before uh, who my boss is Tom. Like, it's like, that's funny. Cause I was like, you know, I've met with them. He's like, no, I, I didn't know that. Like, oh, oh, cool. And, um, you know, ask them some questions, you know, hey, a riot, you know, 50, and they're, no, we're going to be 39.99, and okay. and then you look and just see, it's the best culture I've been a part of ever. Great. Donaldson's was good, Union was awesome, this is beyond what you could expect, and yeah. and not like, we shut down the, the whole operation once a year and have spirit day. Really? So my guys from San Francisco, LA, San Diego, me, all fly in, I, you know, nothing, it, the whole team, all 80 some odd employees, 23 sales folks. Had a meeting, you know, spent the day doing Corporate Survivor, which was, was really fun. <laughs> That's cool. Then we went to, like, uh, this place called North Point, played sand volleyball, and did a crab feast. And cool. Just, I mean, who does that? Yeah, like, right. The investment well, in that in Maryland, because you guys got crap. Well, right. But to bring everybody, <laughs> and it's just one of those, you know, it's, Football and crab it's a, uh, you know, we know Football we're out here alone quite a bit. So it's. Yeah. Yeah. It's a culture that's tight. We share. It's so it's important. Awesome. It's so important for any business, yeah. and it, whiskey or whatever it may be, is to make sure your employees feel like they're doing a like wanted. And, yep. and well, encouraged. yeah. Well, I mean, because we're out here. Yeah. We're by ourselves. We talked about this at a couple, you know, a couple episodes ago. Just like you know, we we're just we're here. We know what we our daily tasks is. Mm-hmm. You know, and and we keep in touch with our you know principal on a weekly basis, if not yeah. monthly, and right. But you feel lonely. Mm-hmm. Yeah, oh, big time. Yeah, you know? yeah. Like yesterday was the first day out of the four days in the week where I felt like, okay, I did a good. I did my job today because I sold eight balls at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. like you're like, I guess today That's was a nice cherry on top. Exactly. Absolutely. Where you're like, I did, I did my part, but every yeah. other day you're kind of questioning, did I go to enough accounts? Did I make enough phone calls? Did I talk to the right people? It, all of that. Mm-hmm. It's always in the back of your head. Am I doing the right thing? So when you can have those experiences with a company that's investing into you and uh, yeah. what your your strengths are, it's awesome to be a part of. Yeah, and that was, you know, you started asking some of the tough questions. I mean, here's our facility. You know, it's yeah. number eight distillery in, in the U.S. by travel and leisure. Ooh. This year we'll have probably 65,000 paid tours, not oh. to mention free. Oh, wow. Um, we're close to 100,000 between um, paid and, and free cool. donated. And, you know, in the two-plus years we've been open, and, and, you know, that doesn't even start paying dividends out here yet. But the, just the investment and the mm-hmm. passion. And, and our president is a guy who for 19 years ran his own backpacking and, and Grand Canyon tour company. Oh, uh, wow. One of the best. And he grew up with our investors and they needed an entrepreneur to come run it. And, I mean, yeah. the guy sold everything he owns and moved back home. And, you know, that's an easy guy to follow. You Definitely. Know? Yeah. I'm a very big, passionate guy. And sometimes yeah. you get frustrated. Like, wait, why don't you care as much as I do? Yeah. Right. <laughs> like, why are you home on a Friday? And I'm doing my second tasting. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And, and you, you start to learn who he was and, and yeah. just the forecast and the plan and the opportunity for me. To, you know, I started with just the Midwest. Mm-hmm. Now I'm the Western sales guy. So I'm Ohio to California, building out a team of, I think I've got seven now, including okay. me on the West. Um, you know, 23 salespeople, that's big for a brand. Oh, our yeah, size. that I is mean, huge. That is huge. Showing that we're committed and the showing yeah. like, that's you how know, you grow I've though. lost yeah. three jobs because the brand was sold. The importing rates were sold. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was one of those like, I'm not going to leave just to leave, but I want to leave and grow as a human and, as, and professionally. Yeah. Where's the spot that there's that security and that, you know, knowing that I'm going to pour everything I have into what I do. It's just what I do. It's mm-hmm. what you do. And yeah. not being worried about the 
plug being pulled, you know. Yeah. And it happened, you know, Carlson's was a great move. Mm. I loved it, built it. Joe Katz and I opened up 100 accounts with this Tenzing team in like three months. The next wow. thing you're know, like, hey, we sold the importing rights. Um, so, <laughs> so, so it's been a good four months. Have fun. It's like, but take what? care. Right? Like, but I just <laughs> left that job. That was good. <laughs> so, um, you know, it's just seeing the investment and yep. doing it right. Yeah. You know, there's no shortcuts taken. You're working with Larry on the contract versus just sourcing. Yeah. Um, building the distillery and, and doing it to the nines. Um, yeah. You know, our, our, I've never had more resources. Um, that you have now. At, 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 you know, in, in terms of tracking T&E, mm-hmm. budgets, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. VIP. Um, we walk in. I, I literally feel like I walk in, not because I have a big ego or anything, the most prepared person because when I, a distributor meeting or even a, a call, because I have so much at my disposal. And, and that's why I left and, and um, you know, hope to be here a long time. And it's been an awesome ride and yeah. we keep growing. And, and, you know, one of the biggest hits was our port finish. Heck yeah, um, yeah. The San Francisco um, 19 Spirit uh, Best Rye. Yeah. Yeah. Which was fun to read. Uh, Lindsay's a big fan of the, the port wow. finish. This, right? this is yeah. the one of the bottles I sold for you the other day. Oh, I see. <laughs> Not too many left. <laughs> it, it's, uh, oh, you just added to the problem. There you go. <laughs> so soon to, well, it was meant to be a one-off release. So I love um, that. Was this, it? Yeah. So when you see this different. How did you decide to do that? Yeah. So when you see this different label, that's innovation. And we've been in Maryland pretty long. And, and we've got some really steadfast and loyal consumers that okay. need, you know, as time would do a little bit more. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, I've been in California a year. So I can't just toss them, you know, a muscatel finish, so to speak. Gotcha. Um, some of our, our distilling team have good relationships with some barrel brokers. Okay. Obviously, being on the East Coast helps. He can't get to Denver without going by, you know, whatever port he uses. And, um, you know, I don't know exactly how we ended up coming up with the, the line, but I think it was just an innovative line, an innovative line. And we did the double oak and a muscatel first. Okay. Muscatel is phenomenal, but I just don't think in this market people were ready for it. Okay. Because um, they were, Moscato, why, why would you need that? Like, yeah. No, it's a fortified it, Portuguese wine. Yeah. And, yeah. I mean, it has like, perhaps too much of the sweetness, you think? or No, I think the wine it almost tastes like a Manhattan itself. Mm-hmm. I just think yes. looking at it, oh, it was wow. a different label. kind of looked like this. And okay. I just, what's Sagamore, let alone what's yeah. Muscatel? And I had gotcha. to educate. Over, like, it did well in the East Coast. But then, yeah. you know, to, to try to educate in a three-minute interaction, like, here's what Sagamore is. Here's our normal stuff. Oh, and by the way, here's what Muscatel is. Yeah. Here's this product. Like, gotcha. And it was funky. I mean, you either loved it or hated it. And mm. I happened to love it. But we did a Vintner's blend only in D.C. and, and, and Maryland because um, of what the yields were. And then Port was up. We worked at a local um, Maryland vineyard called Bordy Vineyards, a mm. few more from Portugal. And just kind of a fun, just value added for our partners. You yeah. know, it's not, we're not trying to be allocated Sazerac guys. Um, it's just kind of, which, you know, good on them. But yeah. Yeah. for us, it's just, <laughs> hey, you've been with us from day one. Here's a high margin you know, high ring opportunity of something fun and different. And mm-hmm. then for the people, the consumer that's been on board, you know, let them, let them add to their collection. Gotcha. Um, so the port's going to actually roll into a cognac. Oh, wow. Later oh, this fall, actually wow. about a month out. Interesting. Um, which uh, we had done a cognac for a charity pr- release. Okay. Ellicott City is a Maryland town where we had some teammates come live and grew up in. And um, they got hit with two 100-year floods in about three years. Oh, so we did wow. a small release and, and gave them all the proceeds. So some people have seen a, a look of the label. This is a different product, okay. and gotcha. we'll go market-wide. Still limited. You know, it's not, you know, just kind of a tight tight allocation, fun little value added. For, yeah. Again, for the, for the fountainheads of the world and the monkey's paw that oh, yeah. have been on since the day I started. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, hey, here's something new. Here's something added. And um, So that's just kind of the way, the, 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 the way we're doing it. We had one. 
that we thought about in the spring. It wasn't ready. So okay. um, this year, just the cognac. And we'll see what happens next spring. And yeah. we've got barrels all over the distillery. Like, I, I tried uh, something <laughs> different at Tails. I didn't even know we had. Okay. I, 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 I kicked another barrel that I probably shouldn't say at the distillery the other day, though not much of a secret. Yeah. Um, so who knows where yeah. it'll go. Like, we're not going to release it just to release it. Yeah. Um, and just a fun, innovative line that lets our distilling crew you know, have a little fun and, and mm-hmm. see what happens and um, excited for the cognac. Yeah. It's tasting out really well. So, so what barrels, a, oh, go I'm sorry, go on. Oh, what barrels are you starting them in before they're finished? So everything starts the same. Okay. So it's the high and the low in 53-gallon American oak, okay. medium char, gotcha. mostly from Kelvin Cooperage, okay. um, little mom and pop out of uh, Louisville, great spot. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then combined, and then the Bordy and the Portugal, and okay. then brought together and, and brought, brought down together. to 101. So gotcha. how long are they uh, in the port barrels for? It's about six months. Oh, great. That's yep. a nice finish for it. Yeah. yeah. Just, oh, it's just right. You That's really get right. a nice nose of port on there. I mean, it's... For somebody who's just in Portugal and who drink a lot of port, kind of, <laughs> I'm kind of what you call an expert. Yeah. This, this guy. <laughs> this fucking guy. Actually, Brittany drank all the port. <laughs> what are you going to ask, Wilson? Um, when releasing an LTO in this sense, um, mm. is there a... Obviously, you know where you would go with it, mm-hmm. um, but what determines that? To me, start with who I owe one to, you know, yeah. who, who's a good partner who, I mean, you know, they're, they're meant to be good margin. It's like a private barrel, you know, it should be a good yeah, margin, good, a good ring, margin, good ring yeah. quick moving item. Mm-hmm. Um, at least mm-hmm. one that's going to start with, you know, get attention. So let's kind of start with, you know, my friends or the people I've worked with over the years that, um, I know want some yeah. and then go from, you know, kind of demand, you know, or where is that, you know, where it's yeah. at, where are we selling the most, go to them. And then, you know, every once in a while I'll, I try to, you know, do it that way, and then sometimes you'll, especially with the port winning the award, maybe you can leverage that to, to open up some Do new doors, doors. Mm. Okay. you know. Um, <clears throat> but to me, it's just scratching those that, you know, scratch mine is I where you. I start, for sure. Um, I, you know, nothing makes me a little bit more upset. You know, I get excited when I see things on the, the reporting from the distributor that I had nothing to do with. Like, yeah. You know, like, oh, of wait, course. Yeah. two cases went out. I didn't go there. Yeah. yeah. But then I get bummed when it's only the, the LTO, and it's like, oh, guys, yeah. but like, yeah, it's, it's like, like so, on, so great, man. but you know, <laughs> someone else just like, hey, we're gonna run an incentive on the port. Like, yeah. No, not on port only. Like that yeah. should. You're the only distributor in the country that has any left. Like, yeah. um, if you want to tie in signature, okay, we'll talk. But like, I can't just do a pod program on port. Like, yeah. yeah. Or as a menu program, like, you're gonna run out. They're gonna sell through the menu. No, like, yeah. I'll take the placement, but we need to tie it with signature. You know, so um, trying to take care of the, the right people first, yeah. and, then, and then you build it. You then know, you build it where there. you can. Definitely. So, man, huh. that's crazy. Yeah. I was curious, um, yeah. as a guy who sold scotch for years, I was at, somewhere in all there, I was at IBHL, so okay. Spaber and Old Pulteney. <laughs> Where were you? <laughs> yeah, I'm telling you, it's been a lot. Uh, Anoch, um, Bob Blair, you know, Anoch yeah. 24 is probably my favorite scotch of all time. Um, who are you seeing buying single malts? I think we're up to 500 American now. Yeah, it's, uh, it's something like West, yeah, West you, Land, and, yeah, and that was about it. Yeah, now you look at the American single malt page, and it's just like... I thought I saw an ADI of 49 is what sticks in my head. And then really? you have Australian, yeah. obviously Indian. Yep. And, I mean, I think the biggest thing in the mall right now is an Indian brand in India. Yeah. In India, yeah. 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 Not even here yeah. yet. Um, who's, who's pulling that off the shelf? Is it it's the interesting. Um, educated whiskey drinker? I, is it the scotch drinker? I, yeah. think it's an, I think it's a scotch drinker first. Okay. For, um, for my product? Or? Just in general. Oh, I mean, okay. I, don't, I, I watch a lot of single malts, but I, I yeah. don't sell them. Yeah, no, it, I mean... For me, it's interesting with our product being aged in wine cast for the entire uh, maturation process that 
some people think that are single malt drinkers, it's not a high enough proof, not a long enough age statement on Correct. there. Like, it's not enough of the spice, mm-hmm. of the bite, of the experience, of the barrel, the oakiness you kind of get into a single malt. And then for other people who don't drink single malts, they're like, it's too spicy. Yeah. Okay. So it's somewhere in the middle ground there. For me, it's I think it's uh, the curious bourbon and rye drinkers um, of, of Americans, obviously, because that's who I'm selling it to, right. that want to kind of explore outside of there and have a palate that's willing to go there that might drink a little bit of scotch. Mm-hmm. But the scotch drinkers, I think they're a little too... Uh, Standoffish, if you will. Sure. Yeah, kind I of. Mean, we, yeah, we touched on that last week with Ben from yeah. the. Um, but oh, yeah. And he, was, and he had that opinion about it before he even yeah. tried it. And then he's tried it. He's like, wow, that's a really nice, just a very mouth pleasing mm-hmm. um, three year old single malt. So, yeah. With us at Unionhurst, we have uh, our latest expression is what we call a rolling standard, what our a Midwestern foreground, which we take a weeded bourbon and an American single malt that we're aging and we blend those together. Okay. The intent. Um, the more that I've learned about it and talking with our messenger, Sarah Patrick, shout out to Patrick, um, it's, there are some Scotch drinkers that kind of stay away from it, all other categories as we have experienced yeah. because of, not the uppityness of it, but it's just more like, yeah, that's what we like. You know, yeah. it's, it's, it's this, it's that, we've well, known this, and so on and so forth. Yeah, it's kind of a, I guess you can call a treadway into bourbons okay. and or other whiskeys. There's a reason why Scotland's that. been doing it right for centuries. I right. think. Well, and correct. people and yeah. so I like, mean their methods and their history and yeah. their traditions. And that's we can't what we personally or what Dave, our founder, wanted to stay away from is like I don't want to repeat the wheel. Correct. I want to do everything localized to Australia by using the grains, um, using the temperature fluctuation that they have capable to them in Melbourne, but also about using those red wine barrels and doing it not just a finish but a full maturation process to it and bring something different where like you know there's people like Mike Miller, who really loves the Nova, and then there's two full. We have a two full, which is like double grain with wheat and mm-hmm. uh, single malt, and he's like, yeah, it's okay, but it doesn't do it for me like the Nova. So like he's drank everything in the world, right, and right. so he wants to try more of that right. mouth feel, that pleasure to it, spiciness, orchard fruit flavors, and kind of get a whole complexity to your drink versus yes. something that's a little more smoother. So it's about I think just finding that right person, but who is that right person is kind of the question sometimes because I mean who is that. I mean, it, you can't just look at a lineup now. No. Called, put us three against and put a, bring another thing. Yeah. Drinks what? I mean, it's curious drinkers. We can put it. We can yeah, start there. Start there. Yeah, start there, and then kind of make work our way Jeff down. Schwartz, because he's like that. All he's just just drink curious. When you mm. drink curious, you find pleasant surprises it's and take just notes. Everything. Yeah, take <laughs> notes. That's a great well suggestion. Said, yes. yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. But I, I you know, you said. if if the Scotch project or forecast you know, Asian sales properly, are we, where are we today? Mm. Because how many Scotch drinkers that we're buying, we're never not going to buy a 10 year old favorite at 24 99 again. Like yeah. that's mm-hmm. all I'm buying the rest of my life. Correct. My dad's when my dad drank. Yep. Yeah. Now all of a sudden it's 29 99. Now mm-hmm. it's 34. Well, now I got other options mm-hmm. yeah. or, you know, they take age statements off of, you know, a couple of put them back, but we're, wait a minute. Like, all right, now I'm curious. I wasn't curious. This mm-hmm. is what I drink. Correct. I spent forty dollars on this Scotch whiskey my whole life. Yeah. Well, now it's sixty bucks, or the age statement's gone. What mm. do you have over there? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. I'll try bourbon, or mm. I'll try rye. That's a good point. So I don't know how much. You know, we probably are still here to some extent, especially with the way craft beer kind of help. I think educate palates. Mm-hmm. But good point. that's where I wonder the American single malt thing, like or single malts in general. Just, and it kind of goes back to what you were saying about earlier in the podcast was. You're you're paying you know seventy dollars for a two year whiskey. A lot of the single malts are getting longer age statements on there. They're going like for that four to five year mark, which I think is 
great to do. Mm-hmm. It, obviously, it's a lot very time consuming, but you're also putting, you know, a higher price point on those labels right. too. It's like, right. oh, there's a seventy dollar bottle of American single malt that I've never tried, Correct. and then there's also a really good bottle of, you know. 12 year old scotch that mm-hmm. I can get for that's $25, $30 cheaper. But if you think about what you just said, and just in general in regards to this conversation, mm-hmm. at least this part of it, when you say scotch, you already have a picture in your mind as to how you're going to have that scotch. When you say American single malt, mm-hmm. what the fuck am I going to do with right. that? Sure. You dig that's what good I'm point. saying? Good point. So, what do I do with this American single malt, and which essentially is a version, call it a non scotch. Yeah. Scottish version of scotch. That's one thing why I'm doing tastings at a you store know? and I have the... How do you do this? What do I do with this? If I have the time to do it, like I've done with both of your products, is talk about other stuff. Once they've got your bottle, like talk about other things that are happening inside the whiskey world because we're not at it alone, obviously. Like you have to keep educating those people, educating everybody about craft spirits in general, younger spirits that mm-hmm. are what's, what's kind of coming up, what, what people are doing differently. Why is your rye different from your rye? Mm-hmm. What else is your distillery doing different in Kansas versus what you're doing in Maryland and what we're doing in fucking Melbourne? Mm-hmm. <laughs> so it's, like, it, it's all about that. I, I, we've come back to this so many times. It's about that education, that right. one-on-one face-to-face experience that we can't take for granted. But that's your guy. If he's got a bottle of, of Star Wars, yeah. oh, he's way into trying Port or a Maryland rye or a Kansas City Absolutely. rye. Absolutely. He's got a bottle of Makers, no offense to Makers, no. or Jack Daniels or it's like, oh shoot, this is going to be a bit. It's about this letting him know it exists. Yeah. It's this, about right. this goes deeper. Yeah. Like, uh, the Jack hey, Daniels, yeah. that tells you that goes by two, three generations. Bottle of Jack Daniels, hey, you like whiskey? No. No. Yeah. What? what you, I, just, I drink Jack Daniels. Yeah. What? Like, or, like, or I drink a lot of I, I drink a lot of whiskey. What do you drink? Oh, uh, you know, every once in a while I go crazy and drink Jameson. Yeah. Not Jack. <laughs> well, I think that's you know the Jack Rye thing, which you know it, it was fine. It was an unoffensive product. Yeah. But, like Jack yeah. Tinker doesn't drink rye. He doesn't no. drink whiskey. No. He, no. Drinks, he drinks Jack. Jack. Exactly. Like Matt Taylor is great. Like, I got Jack from the fifties, the sixties, yeah. the seventies. Yeah. Anytime anyone orders Jack, I let them know. I'm like, nope, not, not interested. Yeah. Yeah. They drink this version of Jack. Yeah, Correct. pretty much. So you see them grab any of our stuff, any of the similar brands. You know, I was I the one when Jamie was on the other day yeah. and just all rooting for each other and just mm-hmm. like, hey, you got Gretzky? Okay, you're open-minded to rye mm-hmm. and different rye. You know, it's not the, the, the lower-end Canadian stuff. It's Correct. Like, <laughs> so how we all get there, and that's the other thing, like, is, you know, on-premise years ago, and especially selling wine, was there'd be a tab, like, Hey, I love this by the glass. Take the tab to the liquor store, and mm-hmm. the, you're not building brands on on premise anymore. It's the, no. it's the phone, no. and it's the Reddit, the, the, yeah. the Facebook yeah. groups, and all that stuff. So, to me, I feel like the only way we're going to build anything on premise, because what's nice about that is when that bottle's empty, it gets thrown out, and they order a new one. Correct. Mm-hmm. You know, it takes 18 people to, yeah. to touch that one. Yeah. Mm-hmm. How do we? We need them to build programs like, hey, just not just your cocktail program. Have a single malt flight. Like, yeah. and throw mm-hmm. in a scotch that everybody knows, mm-hmm. an Australian and American. Throw in a right. rise not from Kentucky yeah. thing. And That's when I go to, like, bars, and, like, if they're doing, if they're thinking about doing something with our product, I'm like, let's do an international, let's do a World of Whiskey mm-hmm. event, not just a Star Wars tasting. Hey, yeah. we only have two SKUs right now out. But it's all about, like, if we can have, like, a Cavalon rep there and yeah. have a Star Wars rep there. Yeah, just good old-fashioned Friday night flight fight. There you go. Flight. Put it to it's fight. a good call. Yeah, I, mean, I put like it, put that. It, put it against it. I'll put mine against yours. Yeah. And then we'll bring yours and put it against the other guys. I have a lover. All those fucking yeah. guys. <laughs> Just fight it out. Duke it out, man. <laughs> Fuck it. And the last person who stands doesn't have to pay the bill. <laughs> Dude. It's a good, I, think it's a, I think it's a good one. I've been one. training for this night. I'm yeah. serious. Yeah. 20 years. <laughs> you and I, Brad, we're fighting. Awesome. Well, we're already an hour and 15 minutes no, in, gentlemen. Yeah. Oh, um, man, we still haven't even scratched the surface with Brad. I know. I feel like we have to have him back on for another uh 
part two yeah, of this, everything. Can't be on more often than Matt Brown if I don't get the first one out of the way. Well, Matt yeah. Brown's on suspension from this podcast. <laughs> He's on suspension. <laughs> that, that Tony Blount thing just really put me over. <laughs> he, uh, I put a post <laughs> out asking who we should have on for the podcast, and Brett provided some great answers, and Matt's only response was Tony Blum. Yeah. Fucking Matt. So, Matt, yeah, uh, um, we'll see you in... Um, the new year, maybe. Uh, <laughs> so before we end up, I got to know. Sure. What's your baseball team? Yeah. Uh, I'm a White Sox fan with Cubs season tickets. Really? Nice. <laughs> nice. Good for you, brother. Good for you. Good for you. So, yeah, it, uh, it's, it's pretty easy to do the South Side and inherited the Cubs ones, and um, yeah. they were really good for baseball, and it was a lot easier to That's get cool, there man. for years, but um, now it's a little tough. But, um, yeah, I, I go anywhere I can. That's one of the cool things about you know the gig yeah. is I yeah. try to was just at a Corpus Christi Hooks game the other day. Oh, that's and cool. My guy's like, hey, let's go buy tickets. I'm like, you know what? Let's just stand here for a minute. I think I think we'll run into tickets. Yeah. <laughs> Some couple. Like, you guys wait for tickets? Like, yeah, here you go. Absolutely. Nice. Told you. Like, that's awesome. We'll buy him a beer. I love I love minor league. When yeah. you talked about the minor league earlier, and um, I've become a fan of well. Become a fan of Charleston, South Carolina in general uh, through Lindsay. Sure, um, but watching the River Dogs down mm-hmm. there, how many great players that are currently on the on the Yankees? You know, uh, obviously major league level mm. went through there. Um, one a a minor league team that's coming up that starts. In my, I want to say next year, twenty twenty season, uh, the Trash Pandas. Really? Yeah. <laughs> Out of where? <laughs> where is? I can't. From, I can't remember Trash exactly pandas. right now. Oh, it's, it's Lebanon. But they're yeah. It's a minor league team that's starting out next next uh, year. Uh, the Trash Pandas. Um, so it's it's just exciting. Is like, Carlos Zambrano gonna play for them? No, 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 no. You know, I somehow I have not made it to a dogs game yet. Oh, River Oh, the the park is phenomenal. So Here we right go. The trash, back of it. Trash, trash pandas. pandas. Yeah. Rocket City trash pandas. Rocket City oh. trash pandas. Where the heck is Rocket City? Yeah, where's Rocket? Yeah, where's Rocket City at? <laughs> oh no. Oh man, I'm so excited because the, the logo and everything. And Lindsay is huge. Lindsay and I we were one night we're up having cocktails together and. I'm like, what would you name a, a whiskey? And she was like, Trash Pandas. <laughs> Which is another, you know, what is a drag, you know, it's just a bullshit term for a <laughs> raccoon. Yeah. yeah. Um, Brad, do you have anything to promote um, coming up? This come uh, out on Monday, so. Yeah, no, not much. I mean, uh, keep an eye out for Friday the 13th, which will be in September. Nice, nice. Um, we'll have lots of uh, fun activations and, and, and things like that. Madison, and, you know, Alabama, sorry. All right. Yeah. I was right about medicine. I don't make it there anytime soon. <laughs> but, uh, but good to know. Yeah, right. Uh, no, you know, every Friday is Rite Aid, so if, uh, yes. we, we've got some specials up there with Friday Rite Aid. Uh, we've got some cold fashions hitting some yeah, right. menus out there. Nice. So Mr. Black, um, right? Yeah, with the Mr. Black definitely. out of uh, your family of brands. Yeah, of. definitely. Um, so those should be hitting menus. I'm going to um, need all the, suge- all the suggestions after you guys are doing that, and I'll just <laughs> so, yeah. th- throw some Star Wars <laughs> yeah, on there. Just go switch us out. Yeah. <laughs> Um, no problem. That's how it works. Yeah, right. Let's get it started. Um, I agree. But yeah, no, that's about it, man. We're just out there and about. You'll find us in Benny's um, pretty much every Friday and Saturday doing demos cool. um, throughout the, set, the city. And if you see a bottle, um, you know, give us a shot and uh, definitely your collection. And then the cognac will be um, hopefully nine one. Nice nine shelves. Nice. nice. Cool. Um, there's not much, so if you see it, take that one home. Buy it I would say guys. so. Yeah. I mean, because yeah. if it's, it's not if it's not on the shelf by October. Mm. I mean, if yeah, you can find it, it, it's not going to make it. Yeah. yeah. There you go. So there you go. Um, awesome. I mean, check out Sagamore, like I said, um, in stores and on their website. It's just Sagamore Spirit. SagamoreSpirit.com. Yeah. Singular Spirit. Singular, Singular Spirit. Spirit. Awesome. Yeah. Um, Wilson, anything to promote? No, sir. Just myself. Union Horse Distilling Co. <laughs> at Union, Union Horse Distilling Co. At 312 Made. Check us out. Uh, we actually are sandwiched in between the Sagamore yeah, and another are. little rye. 
um, over in Downers Grove. So anyone oh, listening nice. on Downers Grove, it was it was actually a a triumph feeling when I saw that nestled right next to you. So oh, cool. all kudos to you and and yeah, that's, that that meant a lot to me at least having that shelf space. Absolutely. Um, but other than that, yeah, just look us out. Now we're all throughout Chicago land. If you ever uh, slide into my DM, most proper way, <laughs> and ask me where to find us. But for the most part. Uh, we are out there. Get Sweet. on that horse. Awesome, guys. Um, we are at Keena Lake, uh, most on Instagram, keenalake.com. I'm actually going to try to do some writing this weekend since the <laughs> wife is out of town. So I <laughs> might go. have a story up there for you uh, other than just podcasts and photos and things like that. Yeah. Um, and I'll also be around with Star Wars all throughout the city uh, sampling out. So, so come by. So. He just got married. He's alone again. I know. I'm a lonely guy. <laughs> She's at a family reunion. We already experienced that at the wedding. So I'm going to sit out this one to do some work this weekend. Yeah, that might be a genius move. Yeah. I, I, I have a lot of work to do. I Lots. just saw them all like three weeks ago. <laughs> the world needs more whiskey. So, yeah, send her along the way with some Star Wars to down to, down to Indiana. Um, but, yeah, thanks, guys, for listening. Brett, thank you for coming on. Yeah, it's been awesome. Thanks, um, yeah. Everybody else, enjoy the rest of your week as you'll be listening to us on a Monday. And uh, one last cheers. Cheers, cheers guys. Cheers.